You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. This is the MLW Radio Network. This week's episode of Mind of the Meanie contains material including descriptions of medical procedures that may be too intense for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Mind of the Meanie. Here are your hosts, the Blue Meanie and Adam Barnard. Peace world and welcome everybody to the Mind of the Meanie, your weekly peek into the world according to former WWE superstar and ECW original, the Blue Meanie. We'll cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots and lots of useless knowledge all contained in the Mind of the Meanie. I'm your tour guide, Adam Bernard, and he is the Blue Meanie. Meanie, what's on your mind? No chance! No chance You got no pants! Should have announced you like this, pal. Yeah. <laughs> Holy uh, fuck, dude. Just when you think he's out. And you Thanks. know, man, and you I'm know, back. you know, I thought 2023 was going to be a less crazy year. And just <laughs> when I fucking assumed. Right. You know what they say about assume. Making an ass out of myself. That makes an ass out of you and me. Uh, he's back, y'all. He's back. But ask me if I'm shocked. I, I'm not. Are you? I'm, no. <laughs> no. We saw this coming, man. We absolutely fucking saw this coming. People who are acting surprised are just doing it for fucking attention. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Shut up. You knew this was going to happen. Yeah. He... Just because he retired, I mean, he still owns the fucking company, you know? And there's a lot to dive into this, too. So anybody, for the uninitiated who are listening to this for our, our other sports talk, who may not realize that this is a wrestling program, yeah. for the uninitiated, Vince McMahon came back this week. I guess it was yesterday, wasn't it? Officially yesterday or today. All the rumors started. The rumors started yesterday, and then it was officially announced today that he is now back on the board of the directors as the executive chairman of WWE, yeah. uh, along with two other individuals who were previously part of the board. Uh, and they are announcing strategic alternatives, which in corporate speak, pal, that means a sale. And let me first preface this conversation by saying, we fucking called this shit a year ago. Well, yeah. Meaning I have been talking about this. I have been talking about this on Foundation Radio and other places for the past year and a half, maybe the year and a half, that Vince right. McMahon was getting ready to sell this company. And everybody was like, oh, no, that's so true. He's never going to sell it. Well, what do you say now? I can't remember what regular air smells like. That's what you say. Uh, hold on. Speaking of. Ah, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> How about them apples? How do you like that? That's what it, that's what it is. Yeah, Vanessa in the group chat here. Shout out to the pod squad as always. Vanessa in the chat in the group chat says uh, Vince cashed in his money in the bank briefcase. He absolutely did. Um, well, yeah. When I mean, like a year ago, when he you know they were dumping salaries and letting people go, and it, it was obvious they were looking to sell. You know, to me at least. You know, uh, I mean, if you're going to sell, you want to show low overhead, high income. Yeah. Margin. You know, that's what you do. And uh, the rumors, you know, he's possibly looking to sell makes sense. Um, you know, uh, who knows what's uh, going on with. Well, from what I read today, shout out to my boy, Mike Johnson at PW Insider. Yeah. I'm on the elite section. Um, you know, it's just like, um, it, it, from what they had a meeting today, you know, inside baseball, we are recording on, uh, January 6th, 2023 at 7:41. Um, there was a meeting and apparently Vince is just behind the scenes. Uh, and you know, the creative will stay with triple H and, Staff and all that stuff. So apparently, it looks like he's back on board just yeah. for the that he had. He's the one with the relationships with all the you know uh, other companies that you know are either going to uh, e- either look into buying the company or you know the uh, behind the scenes stuff like uh, sales and stuff like that. And uh, just for you know, the record, you know, while everybody's freaking out, like, oh my God, Vince is back. The the stock went up 20%. Right. You know, right. Yeah. WWE is worth, WWE is worth roughly $6 billion. And today he made them an extra, what, 2 billion, some billion. Something dollars. crazy like that. Like the stock jumped like an insane amount. And I think, if also too, to to plug this too, I want to make sure. And I put this on my Twitter earlier. Like, if you're not if you're not subscribed, we don't get any money for this. We don't get a kickback or anything like that. Like, they're just they're the homies. If you're not subscribed to ad free shows, go out of your way right now to go subscribe and oh, yeah. listen to today's episode of Strictly Business with uh, friends of the show Eric Bischoff and John Alba. And they really deep like deep dive into this entire thing. And they pull it apart piece by piece. It's absolutely fantastic. They talk about a lot of the really granular business aspect things of this. Eric indicated on the show that he believes that the stock price went up because the in, the stockholders believe that a sale is imminent. And I know that we were talking a little bit earlier, and we'll get into more of the details of what Mike Johnson reported because I want to make sure we touch on that to give everybody a little bit of context. But, you know, the three of us, you, me, and Josh were talking earlier today, and um and Josh had mentioned this to me too when we were discussing some other things. I firmly believe that a sale is imminent. And I'm what I mean by that is, and I want to get your take on it, when I say that the sale is imminent, I believe that there were already backdoor channel meetings happening while this was this was going on. And I believe that Vince already has a buyer in place. What do you think about that? Makes sense. Uh, my prediction was always Amazon because A... They, you know, imagine buying a uh, a company that has a product that you are, can already sell and keep a hundred percent of the merchandise. Right. Amazon, you know, they they basically sell other people's merchandise and get a percentage or whatever. 
now you would own physically own something and you could sell the church, you could sell the DVDs, you could sell the cups, you could sell whatever they, they're selling and keep 100% of that profit. All their other content is like, you know, they got the NFL, but they're paying the NFL for those rights. So this would kind of like help balance out the fact that they have to pay for the NFL rights and stuff like that. But the the more you look into it, um, another possible suitor would be NBC, considering their long-standing relationship with the WWE with, you know, Saturday Night's main event, the main event, this, that, and the other thing in there. You know, they got... You know, WWE's on the uh, the WWE network is on Peacock now, so I mean it's already there, you know. So uh, you know, I can see NBC doing it, but yeah, I mean WWE's. Uh, I have a friend who is smarter than me who deals with this kind of stuff. And he's like, he was looking. He's like, WWE's worth six billion. Amazon's worth like. 600 billion and they could literally just buy WWE for cash. <laughs> Pro- honestly, probably. And, and I've long maintained too, that I, I genuinely believe that NBC and Comcast are going to be the ones that purchase and acquire WWE. I mean, it just, like you said, it, it tracks and makes sense, right? They yeah. already have the, the content on Peacock, which is the, that's the bread and butter right there. Cause don't forget everybody like that's like, that's WCW. That's WCCW. That's ECW. That's everything outside of Impact and, and AEW and the New Japan stuff. That's all the territories. That is a vast amount of content that Vince owns. Like, he and his company own that shit. And NBC pays him to stream it. They already have the USA Network, so they have Raw and, and, and NXT. The only thing they're missing really is the flagship show. And Eric had a good point. Eric, but not to continue to put Eric over, but just because he mentioned it. Imagine having a property when he calls it beachfront property, you know, the the primetime network television. Imagine having a property like SmackDown, which, you know, is going to pull viewers, even if it's a million and a half, two million viewers every week. That's every Friday for 52 weeks out of the year. You have consistent ratings and consistent viewership in the millions of people. That's an incredible that's that's a no brainer for me. Right. You already have 75, 75 percent of the puzzle. Why not purchase it? And then, boom, you throw all the content on to Peacock. And you have everything right there on NBC on Friday nights is, is Friday Night SmackDown. Yeah. Like, that's that's an easy fix for me, right? That's an easy that's an easy sell. Right. But I could also see, again, I could also see Amazon getting into the game because ultimately everybody's trying to compete with Netflix. They're the, they're the bigger. They're the big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a lot. Let's go into some of the stuff that, that Mike Johnson from Pete... Uh, Pro Wrestling uh, Insider, right? Uh, yep. Yeah, Pro Wrestling Insider. He's talked about the meeting that happened today with uh, Triple H, Nick Khan, Stephanie McMahon, and Frank Riddick, I guess, who is also a part of the board. Um, they announced that he was back on the that Vince is back on the board of directors. Um, one of the things that keeps coming up, though, and I'm just going to mention these things, and then we'll kind of pull it apart piece by piece because there's a lot to dive into is the fact that they keep saying over and over again that there's going to be no changes in management, like on the day-to-day operations, including creative, which a lot of people, including myself, were like a little freaked out about. Yeah. But it's there. there's not any indication as of right now that that's going to happen. Basically, the idea for this is, is that Vince is coming back. What they've pitched to the, the, you know, the employees, this wasn't a talent meeting, this was just employees in the office, is that this was going to set them up in a better position to sell or to negotiate media rights or both. 
Um, and they're they're basically gauging the market to see what's going to happen. Um, they're looking at a sale before they start negotiating their rights um, in case that's a greater benefit to the shareholders. Uh, but the final share is going to go to Vince McMahon. The story is that, and there's been press releases and, and all kinds of shit that have, been, that have come out, but essentially Vince indicated that he wanted to come back because he wanted to help negotiate the media rights and potential sale. The board of directors sent a letter back and said, you know, we appreciate that you have confidence in everybody here, but it's unanimous, which means it's everybody, agrees that you shouldn't come back until the U.S. Attorney's Office and the SEC's investigations are done, right? These are just facts. And to be clear, Meany and I are not commenting on any of the outstanding allegations. You know, that, that may come up in conversation about the allegations, but we're not making any comment on it. But they said that essentially that they were unanimously in, in, in agreement that he shouldn't be back until that stuff is done. Mm-hmm. Vince said, well, I'm calling your bluff and I'm coming back because I own the shares to the, you know, I'm the class B majority shareholder, which means I own everything and can make any decision I want and called their bluff and came back. <clears throat> and he also said, excuse me, he also said that he wouldn't approve any sale or media venture unless he was involved with it. So he was basically looking to burn the house down with him in, inside it, it, basically saying, I'm not going to do anything unless you, unless you, unless I'm involved. What are your thoughts on, on, I guess we could start with the top. Like, what are your thoughts on the creative aspect of this? Do you feel like anything is going to change because of this? Well, I'm just amazed that he, he could come back because I figured once you're being investigated, I, I didn't know if he was illegally able to come back. It shows you how little I know about you know, the stock market and all that stuff. But I will say if I, if I I don't mean to cut you off here, but I want to quantify what you're saying there. I did read something and I I wasn't sure if I read it correctly. I thought maybe I was pipe dreaming it, but he's not legally. And again, this don't quote me on this, but my understanding is, is that if he releases a statement like that and says, he's not going to do anything other than be the board of, you know, the director of the board and the executive chairman, he could then be investigated because it's illegal. He's putting out an illegal statement. He's saying, oh, I'm going to do one thing, but now I'm doing that one thing and, and 12 other things, right? I think there is, because he's under investigation, that could potentially lead to additional legal things. Again, I'm not an attorney, so we would need an attorney to clear that up, but that's what some information that I saw. Let's go ahead. So I'm, I'm joking here. That's, that's fucking cold. <laughs> as far as creative goes, uh, Maybe he's comfortable with, you know, maybe he's been away long enough to where he goes, you know what? I actually don't mess dealing with the fucking headache of producing a show. Maybe I get to sit back and actually, you know, be in charge of the day-to-day operations and possibly with the sale. And they're also talking about possibly taking the company private again, taking it out of the, uh, you know, uh, off the stock market for, you know, a possible future sale. So, I don't think I, I, maybe I'm naive, but I don't think creative will change. I don't think he would fuck over, you know, of course, you know, I'm always the one that says, you know, in, in, in business family, I'll fuck you first, but I don't think he would fuck Paul or fuck triple H like that, you know, or his daughter, Stephanie. Uh, I think he has total confidence, that confidence in them. Uh, to me, you know, when, uh, you know, triple H was running NXT, to me, that was very uh, symbolic of when Vince's father, uh, Vince Sr., gave Vince Jr. a town up in uh, New England 
to uh, run or he became the local promoter. He's like, look, here's a town for you to run. It's all you. Let's see if you can handle it. See if you like it. And then uh, go on from there. You know, to me, that was, you know, Triple H's, you know, version of that. So I think he's, he's seen that, you know, Paul can be creative and, 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 you know, write the ship and steer the ship, you know, and he, I think he's done a fantastic job. And in, in the meantime, you know, since, you know, Vince has been gone. So I don't think he will meddle, hmm. meddle in the, uh, the, the creative aspect. Uh, you know, we talked about this a week, you know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, when there was the rumors that will come back as, yeah, I'm good. You know? And I was just like, yeah, you're, you're gone. But if he's now that I'm hearing that he's, he's strictly board of directors behind the scenes dealing with that stuff, I'm kind of cool with it just because the fact that, you know, uh, I like the way the creative has been going. I like, uh, you know, the, 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 the fresh feeling of the show, you know, you know, with triple H at the helm. I agree. I think the product, the product needs it. I think, um, I think the product is, it was stale. And I think there was too many opportunities and well, I don't want to say opportunities, but I think there were too many times. Carrying cross is a great example. Okay. Mm-hmm. And friend of the show, carrying cross, uh, who, by the way, listen, pal, Carrion, Mr. Mr. Cro- Mr. Killer, if I will, if I can call you by your first name. Um, I would, we'd love to have you on. We can do our Donald Trump, Jesse Ventura impressions together. Um, I think it would make for a great program. So if you're interested, pal, the opportunity is available. Uh, so come and see us. Um, but he's a great example. You have a guy who's over and his, his, his gimmick is good. He's getting over with the crowd. He's NXT champion, getting ready for the prime time. And then he's brought up and they completely fuck with his gimmick and they make him lose to Jeff Hardy and they don't pay it off and they don't really do anything with it and then they release him. And it's like, okay, what happened here? Like, what changed from the time he left the developmental territory to the main roster? Because whatever he was doing in developmental was was working. Mm-hmm. What happened? And I think there was there was a lot of times it was like immediate buyer's remorse on Vince's end. And it felt almost like you weren't giving anybody an opportunity to really thrive and succeed, right? And again, correct me, you can jump in at any time and correct me if I'm wrong. But I felt like the product was not really in a good place. Well, it just seemed like there was a little bit of a disconnect. And, uh, you know, it just sometimes, you know, they test you. You know, you always get tested when you, when you get brought up to the main roster, you know, and it's a matter if you pass the test or, or Vince's eyes, you know, in, in Vince's eyes, at least, you know, and I'm not saying one way or the other, whether, you know, cross pissed the test or not. I mean, he definitely went along with it. So yeah, I don't know uh, what the deal was, but there always seemed to be some kind of disconnect when they, they took somebody from NXT and brought him up to the main roster. But right. now with uh, triple H at the helm of the main roster, hopefully there'll be a little bit more cohesion between the two, you know, between NXT, and WWE stuff like that. So uh, we'll see, man, but it's, it's definitely been interesting times. Um, you know, again, with the whole stock market thing, 
that's totally out of my wheelhouse. But if he's just going to be behind the scenes and not, you know, dealing with, you know, creative and writing and rewriting and you know, all the way up until, you know, airtime you know, with the show. God. Uh, yeah, it, it, I'm fine with it, you know. The stick stick with the uh, the business aspect of it, you know. Yeah, just do the back end deals, and I'm not necessarily yeah. opposed to that. Yeah, um, well, I mean, I mean, who has the best relationships with a lot of these companies? You know, say what you want. Vince is one of the probably one of the most respected businessmen in in the world, you know. And he's been, you know, can't argue with you know the track record and being around for decades. He's been around since you know the '80s. You know, I mean, right. he's been an announcer in the '70s, but started promoting around when he started buying the company from in 82, 83. And he's been around this long, you know, there, there, there's a track record there. And if he's there to negotiate the deals and make the best deals for WWE, yeah, that's more than likely going to help, you know, you know, uh, if there's going to be a sale to uh, make things go smoother than if Vince wasn't there with the sale. Here's a question for you. And some folks have been talking about this, uh, you know, as a potential buyer suitor for the company, uh, Endeavor. And the, uh, they're the company that owns UFC. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Dana White, obviously, you know, has a sordid history with, uh, WWE and, you know, Vince McMahon. What do you think about the idea of Dana White and the UFC and Endeavor potentially playing a part, in the sale or potentially being the ones who buy WWE. I don't know. I, I, I can't see UFC owning WWE because that would just put a taint. No pun. You know, taint. <laughs> taint. I would taint the UFC were to where the fact where people go, Oh, was UFC a work now? You know, which, right. I mean, there's already people who think UFC is a work. You know, a very stiff work, but a work nonetheless. Yeah. People I've seen, I've heard the talk. So to be the owner of WWE and UFC, that would kind of make people weary of UFC, I believe. You know, not that, you know, doesn't hurt that, you know, I mean, of course, you know, there's been crossover between WWE and uh, UFC with, you know, Brock and then Punk. You know, but uh, to actually own the WWE, I think uh, I don't think that would be good for in the eyes of the UFC fans, at least. You know, oh, what are you buying that phony shit for? You know, right, right. You know, but um, if if they're going to sell, I it's definitely got to be. So I the most logical would be either Amazon, which I'm sticking to, or, or you know, NBC is a no brainer. Because they own USA Network, they own, you know, they own uh, NBC. I mean, uh, NBC, uh, Comcast, NBC. They own everything that you know WWE is a part of, as it is. Right. And you know, the long history with the Saturday Night's main event. All the WWE guys who've been on Saturday Night Live, they could put like all these different packages together on Peacock, where you know, here's Dwayne Johnson through. WWE, uh, Saturday Night Live, all these different kind of packages they could do and specials on the Peacock, you know. Uh, so I just want to point I want to point out real fast that you've said the words Taint, Johnson, Package, and Cock. Yes. 
Sorry. I'm five. I apologize. It's been that guy, that kind of day. Uh, <laughs> He's the genetic jackhammer. Yeah. Grapefruits. Um, <laughs> but seriously, it's just uh, those two, to me, those two make the most sense. Hey, here's the obvious question. I know you're probably waiting for me to ask another pod squad is for sure. Also, uh, as a cheap plug, patreon.com slash mind of the meaning. You can watch us early and ad free as we record with our beautiful faces. Word. Tony Khan, AEW, right? do you feel or could you see Tony Khan and his company potentially making a play for WWE with investors? I'm sure he could afford it, but I don't think Vince Vince's ego would allow that. I mean, simply from the fact that he was the guy who bought WCW. Right. And right. got to fucking gloat about it. Yeah. Do you think he's going to sell to the guy who, who just started a company two years ago? And that's not, that's not a, a slight to Tony. I mean, I mean, and also Tony's so fucking busy between the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, the, the, uh, you know, the soccer, uh, I know people are on here. I said soccer, but it's football. Soccer, yeah. You know, the NFL, soccer, AEW, now don't, Ring of Honor. He saw us and figured out streaming, uh, streaming, you know, streaming rights for Ring of Honor. He's going by WWE now? I'm, I'm not saying he financially couldn't, but I don't think Vince's ego would l- let him buy it. You know, I, I don't see that happening one bit. I think as, as a businessman, I think Tony would be remiss not to at least make an attempt. Oh, I'm sure he would. I think I, I, I truly believe that he would. And I think he would be stupid if he didn't. And again, I don't mean to say this pejoratively or say anything out of turn or out of, you know, out of pocket, as we say here in Philly, but I think he would be dumb not to try to make a play. I agree with your assessment though. I, I don't see it happening. I don't see that any, in any world, the only way I see it happening is if it's in the best financial interest or fiduciary responsibility, if it's in the best fiduciary responsibility of of, of what they need to do for their their shareholders, um, then I could see that happening. It's the same again, not you know, no context or no additional spin or anything like that, but it's the same kind of mindset as Elon Musk when he bought Twitter. Right? Elon Musk offered Twitter fifty four dollars a share, which boiled down to whatever it was forty four billion dollars. Um. They had no choice really to do anything other than to accept that offer because if they didn't, they would be basically negating their fiduciary responsibility to their shareholders. That was a business decision, regardless how anybody else feels about Elon Musk and everybody has their opinions and I do too, but that's not the point. Like that has nothing, no bearing on anything. The same could be said if Tony Khan came in. Now I do agree though that Tony's only been running the company for two years. I feel like it would be a, Roadrunner catches or Coyote catches the Roadrunner situation. Okay, I have it. What do I do now? You know, like how it's the dog who caught the car. Exactly. Okay, I have it. How, what am I going to do with all this? I don't think he's, I don't think he's equipped at this time to take on such an enterprise Uh, unless he kept Hunter and, you know, I I just, I don't, I don't see how it, how that would work out the way people think it would. That's not happening. No. 
That's strictly on Vince's ego alone, who, again, you know, when you think Vince bought WCW, Ted Turner was this mogul, you know, he, he was this, think, think of who Vince bought WCW from, you know, if, I know, I know it wasn't officially Ted Turner because, you know, but Turner was, you know, forced out. But, you know, Ted Turner, the guy who created the Goodwill Games, the guy who uh, owned all these networks, the guy, American Movie Classics, uh, TNT, TBS, the Atlanta Braves, all this stuff. That's who Vince bought WCW from. It was like conquering this mogul. Right. Now, he's going to allow somebody else bragging rights over him. You know, another wrestling company bragging rights over to WWE. Uh, no, he, he wants to sell to NBC. He wants to sell to, you know, more than likely it'll be NBC, even though I'm, I'm, I'm calling my, my, I'm calling my shot with Amazon, but it's definitely going to be NBC. It's got to be. Nobody else really makes, I don't think Fox has the, the, the stake in buying. And, and again, Fox doesn't have really have a streaming platform. I think that's really ultimately what this is going to boil down to is yeah. who what streaming platform is going to cough up enough money to pick up this content because that's that's where the world is going right like eventually television cable television will be a thing of the past everybody yes. will be watching everything on streaming it's on demand you know how many again we've talked about this before with the ratings and and the different idea different things that go into the ratings and the, the key demos um which don't fucking matter but at the end of the day that's where the world is going. And I think NBC is in this really unique position right now to acquire this extensive library to own outright. Right. And again, Josh made a good point about this. Um, you know, the death of WCW had nothing to do with the ratings war. It had nothing to do with the finger poke of doom. None of that really mattered. None of it mattered in, a, in, a, in the grand long scheme, right? What happened was the AOL Time Warner merger that is what killed WCW because they started the corporate heads got involved and they started telling Eric and the other producers and the other writers of the show how to run the show and what they needed to do. My concern would be when we can talk about this and then we'll transition into something else because this is an ever growing topic. Could you see something like that happening? Do you think that the product would be hurt or could you see a, maybe a repeat of what happened with, with Time Warner and WCW? Well, the thing with WCW was, like, it kind of did matter with the ratings because the co- the company started hemorrhaging money. Mm, okay, they went from a plus, they went from making thirty million dollars a year or something like that to lose. I might be out to losing almost a hundred million dollars a year. So they you know, they look at the books and they go, "Why is it losing this much money when you sign these wrestlers to?" these monstrous contracts that they're tied to. And then, you know, the, the, the money's not coming in because they're not running house shows. And they stopped running house shows. Their house show business was down because the, you know, the top stars that they were advertising were no showing. So people stopped coming to the house shows and the money, the reason why WCW, you know, they, they wanted to get rid of WCW. It was, it was, it was literally just leaking oil. It was hemorrhaging money. So, and if it's not making money, it's not worth for them to keep around. But um, yeah, I just uh, I forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> we were talking about like uh, the question was, 
do could you foresee an a, a, an AOL Time Warner type of situation that occurred with WCW? Could you see that happening if if you know Comcast or NBC or even Amazon purchased WWE outright? Yeah, time will tell. It's just, um, yeah, I don't know. I, all these these companies merging together, it almost seems like eventually, you know, there should be some kind of oversight into that to where, you know. Uh, there you know, used, these, used to be before they repealed it. Yeah. No politics, I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah, that, yeah there's that. It was, called, it was called the Glass-Steagall Act. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had a little bit of a phlegm in my, a little bit of historical phlegm. Sorry about that. Yeah, uh, One of us paid attention in, in class. <laughs> it's the only time I paid attention, man, was history, photography, wrestling. That's it. Yeah. But, you know, we'll see. It, it, today's day one. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, listen, like, we're, there's going to be plenty of time to talk about this. Again, it is, it is it, inside baseball. It's January 6, 2023, while we're recording this. It's 8, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard. Lots can change between now and when this episode airs and we could be looking back on this next week and being like, holy shit, man, can you believe we thought this was it? Right. As we're recording SmackDown is starting, right? It started 10 minutes ago. We have no idea what's going on. Um, I, I, but I agree with you in the sense that I don't, I don't foresee anything with creative changing. Um, at least not for the, the, the right now time. Um, I'd be surprised if it did, but, I don't know. I it, it's really hard to tell, and I I don't I'm not big on speculation with this kind of stuff. It's nice to talk about, like I should say, I'm not big on speculation when it comes to like the creative aspect, right? Like we don't know what's going to happen. Meaning, I we we don't have insight. We're not a part of the company. I I personally feel like it would suck if it did change. Um, I think it would it going back to what was what they were doing. I don't think would would work out very well. Um, but I think it's, it's anybody's ball game at this point. So we're going to continue to monitor this. And I think if people are assuming it's going to go with the way back to the way it was. And from what they said in the employee only meeting, everything's staying as planned. Yeah. So we shall see. I think, and again, I mean, hopefully Vince sticks to his word and I hope he allows this creative stuff to continue. Um, and who knows, man, maybe we'll talk be talking about this next week or the couple weeks and, it's announced that NBC is now purchasing WWE. But I can announce something real fast. Some news dropped on my end this week. <laughs> not like, uh, not dropping like poo. But I will be hosting a new show on Premier Streaming Network called The Wrestling Hour. Uh, starting on uh, the first episode airs January 18th. As part of Premier Week, I will be hosting an hour-long show. Uh, talking about the uh, top things in uh, wrestling, uh, giving some analysis, giving some commentary, some special comments, interviews, guests uh, galore. I'm very excited about this opportunity. Uh, it's been a long time coming. I haven't been able to talk about it uh, just because we've been working out some of the details, um, but it's going to be a weekly program. Meanie will be on the show for sure. Uh, we are very excited about it, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Well, congratulations, my friend. I appreciate that. I'm looking forward to having the Blue Meanie on the program. Uh, so I just wanted to give you that news there. Hey, friends, this episode of Mind of the Meanie is brought to you by our favorite producers of ball trimmers, Manscaped, the global leaders in below-the-waist yeah. grooming. 
are leaving 2022 with brand new products. The Persevere Cologne and Persevere Body Wash 2023 is the year to up your hygiene game and smell amazing. And Manscaped wants to help you do that with this special offer. Use the promo code MINDMEANY for 20% off plus free shipping at Manscaped.com. Take the leap into the new year and join the 7 million men who already trust Manscaped. And Meanie, I know I trust Manscaped, but let's talk about what was the highlight of 2022 for you and what are you looking forward to? Two in 2023. Well, I'll tell you, man. Uh, Manscaped has uh, kept Meanie up uh, on the up and up when it comes to uh, looking and smelling good for uh, Mrs. Meanie. Uh, I love the Persevere body wash. I love the Persevere cologne. Uh, all their products have been tip top, all the way from you know, the foot spray to you know uh, to everything. So uh, when it comes to uh, you know Meanie looking his finest, Manscaped has done the job. And doing the job it is for me here as well at the Barnard Home for Wayward and Troubled Youth. Courtney uh, absolutely loves the new look on Little John and the East Side Boys, so I can't complain. That has definitely been the highlight all the way from the tippy top down to my thigh slappers. 2023 is on its way, and the last thing you want is to be the guy with pubes getting in the way of making it your best yet. The Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 is the leader of the Performance Package 4.0, or as I call it, the perfect package for my package, meanie. Manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience. This new year, shave off those loose pines. Shave those loose pines off of your wood with the best tool for the job, the Signature Lawnmower 4.0. Uh, is here to take down every pube in its path. Uh, also, talk about feeling clean and uh, smelling good as well. The new purser of your body wash from Manscaped solves all three of those problems for the perfect addition to your daily grooming routine. But in the shower, the body wash has a light woodsy scent and is infused with aloe vera and sea salt to keep your skin feeling clean, nice, and moisturized. The new Persevere Cologne is like the body wash with a light woodsy scent that answers the call of the wild while leaving you smelling like a man forged from the earth. And Meanie, we're not talking about smelling like a man after you come out of the wrestling ring. We're talking about clean, <laughs> fresh, and well and good. It's also cruelty-free, Meanie, which is amazing. It's dye-free paraben free and vegan so you know you're in the right hands while smelling right me what's that promo code again one more time you can use code mind me for getting 20 percent off plus free shipping that's promo code mind for 20 percent off plus free shipping at manscape.com 2023 it's on the way the woods are here and smell amazing are you ready to jump in and join us with manscaped again 20% off plus free shipping by using the promo code mindbeanie at manscaped.com. Happy New Year to your balls, and we thank you. We thank Manscaped for sponsoring the program. Um, I want to talk about this, though, because I know we plan on talking about this, and we can, you know, we'll, we'll chat about this to lead this into Ask Meanie. Um, this is not a fun topic, man. This is not fun. Uh, on the second of this month, uh, there was a Cincinnati Bengals and yeah, Bengals, Cincinnati Bengals and Buffalo Bills football game, and uh, Demar Hamlin uh, took a tackle from uh, T Higgins, and uh, and he collapsed on the field very suddenly, very abruptly. He just uh, he just collapsed on the field, and they gave him CPR and they resuscitated him, and they brought him back. Apparently, his heart stopped a couple of times. Um. They flew him out. They stopped the game. They surrounded, you know, they, they surrounded while he was giving CPR, so it wasn't on TV, which I thought was a great idea. Um, 
lots to unpack with the story. The good news is he's he's back. They, he's off the ventilator. He FaceTimed with the team. Uh, I guess that was today or yesterday. He's making an incredible recovery. Uh, they said that that um, cognitively, he's all there, which is, I mean, like, I want you to understand, like, I come from a medical family too. People who have these kinds of conditions and people who have these types of events, you have brain damage after a minute without oxygen. So when your heart stops, you stop breathing and you stop pulling in oxygen. Typically, what happens is within a minute, you start to have permanent brain damage. Within five minutes, the chances of you coming back are slim to none. This is a miracle that this kid survived. And I want to talk to you about this, meaning, because I know that we, we talked about this a lot, you know, over the course of the week. And, and I wanted to kind of just get your thoughts on this, this situation, this tragedy um, that took place and uh, kind of get an idea what, what, what was going on in your head as you were, as you were watching this. You know, I was watching Monday Night Football along with, you know, the rest of the, the country. And um, I was actually looking really forward to this game because, you know, the game had, you know, high playoff stakes. And, you know, it's just, uh, it was just like one of the, I was like, oh, you know, I, you know I'm a football junkie as it is. But, and uh, just knowing how good the Bills and the Bengals are. And I was looking forward to it. And then you're watching the game and, it's the first quarter and every play, you know, the crowd's reacting like it's a playoff game because there's actual playoff implications in the game. And you know, a lot is riding on this game. And, you know, uh, you know, uh, I stepped away for a second, came back and there was like a lull in the uh, action. I was like, oh, somebody probably got hurt. You know, they're probably just going to, you know, stretch them off, take them out, take them out of the game. And then, you know, the game will continue because, uh, Sunday during the Eagles game, a uh, player named Josh Sweat for the Philadelphia Eagles uh, had a neck injury. He he went down, couldn't get back up. There's a moment where a scary moment where you know, you know there were you know the, the the players surrounded him. They carted him off, and you know the game continued. So I was like, oh man, twice in one week, one weekend, you know, uh, you know two guys getting carted off. But then as you're listening to the announcers and you're just, um, you know, you know, waiting to, to hear what's going on and they, and, and Joe Buck and Troy Aikman don't know what's going on. You're like, Ooh, yeah, this is, this is bad. And you know, I'm sitting there, you know, glued to the screen, you know, waiting to see what's, what's happening. And then, you know, slowly they start showing teammates, you know, sitting there and well, not sitting there, but standing there and, I'm watching these teammates, you know, the grown men, warriors, sitting there reacting the way they were, and it immediately, you know, uh, brought me back to, you know, that an awful night in Kansas City where, you know, Owen Hart had his accident, and the reaction of the the locker room, you know, and, and very similar, you know, similarly, there, you know, Owen had his accident and. A lot of people, nobody, you know, thank God nobody saw it. And mm. thank God it didn't happen in the era where, you know, everybody had a camera phone and stuff like that. Could you imagine, man? I, yeah. I, that just, that gives me the creeps just thinking about it right now. And just, um, you know, so when, you know, the report comes back to the locker room, hey, Owen fell. Well, it's 
nobody knows what kind of fall they fall off the top rope. Did he, you know, and then you, you hear he fell from the ceiling and you're like, Oh my God. And then you you're looking out and you're watching the medics do CPR and chest compressions and everything like that. I automatically went, you know, when I started seeing the, uh, you know, every, you know, members of both teams reacting and then, you know, uh, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck say they, they're doing CPR on the field. It just brought back a lot of memories and it, it, I got a real big pit in my stomach and if it made me sick to my stomach, just, you know, worrying about this. And, uh, you know, and then the, the whole thing, you know, people, you know, the players leave the field and, you know, he, he, well, before that, you know, the, the, the team gathered around, you know, uh, Hamlin, you know, they shielded him from the crowd. So, you know, nobody could see what's happening. And then they, you know, take him off in the ambulance and they pray, you know, together. And then, you know, they leave the field and then you, you eventually hear, Hey, you know, um, yeah, this is pretty serious. And, you know, you know, we live in an age where, you know, you, everything's happening online on Twitter and stuff like that. And eventually, you know, the game gets called and rightfully so. But from what the word going around is that the uh, NFL was there, there was a rumor the NFL was like, okay, you get five minutes to warm up and we'll continue the game. And the, the word is that the player said, absolutely not. We're not playing. And which is so respectable, you know, respectable. Absolutely. But you know, time goes on and you're, you're praying for the best, hoping for the best. And then, um, Time goes on, and then uh, you hear he's on a ventilator, and that's never good. And uh, but thank God for the first responders who got to him and administered CPR within the first minute to uh, you know to the point where now that they're saying that you know he's he's mentally into he's his cognitive he's cognitively intact to where it doesn't look like there was brain damage. And they took him off the vendor later today and he's, you know, breathing on his own and he's actually talking. And amazingly today they said there was a team meeting and unannounced to the, the, the team, the Buffalo bills that he, uh, FaceTime with the team. And, uh, <laughs> I can only imagine the, uh, emotions in that room when he came up on the screen yeah. and stuff like that. But, you know, um, yeah, it brought me it brought me back to a a sad place. You know, I I feel bad. You know, I, you know, it, you know, it it broke my heart all over again. Made me reminded me of the Owen situation, and I was you know thinking of you know the family for for Hamlin, but also I was I was always also had T Higgins in my thoughts because T yeah. Higgins, the man that Hamlin uh, tackled, was the last mate, person to make contact with him before he collapsed and it, it, it was totally not T Higgins fault. No, one bit. no, he but didn't do it. He didn't. And I hope he doesn't harbor that. I mean, and, and if you watch the video, it is a very almost benign tackle, right? Like it just watching it, was it back. Like, it, was, it was like a routine tackle, right? There know? was nothing out of the ordinary about it. It looked, it was like, Oh, okay. He caught him like, Oh, that was, that was close to the chest. And like, yeah. okay. But that doesn't seem like it's, like anything wrong. Like he, it's not like he went for, it's not like he drop kicked him in the head, you know, like it, he was just a normal tackle Yeah. and oh God, I can't even, 
I can't even imagine what what must be going through his head right now. And I'm sure I'm sure there's a part everyone around him is probably like, dude, it's not your fault. Like you didn't you know, you were playing like, the game. He, he's he's carrying the weight on his shoulders of of something that wasn't his fault. You right. know, and uh you know, thankful I'm I'm thankful that um you know Hamlin's you know responding. I mean, oh my God. I mean his first, you know, they, 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 he, he opens his eyes and, you know, it, they ask him to write down a piece of paper. And the first thing he writes is, did we win? Right. Not realizing, you know, everything that, you know, not realizing he's been out for two days. And that, the fact that that was the first thing he thought to ask is, uh, it's a beautiful thing. You know, yeah. They, uh, it, th- this is stuff like movies are made of, you yeah. know, and, there's yeah. a, there's actually a, a good ending to this. Hopefully, I mean, we're, he's still not out of the woods. He's still in the hospital, right? We're still in critical condition. We don't know the all the effects of what happened as of this recording, but the fact that he's you know talking to you know his family, the doctors, his teammates, it's amazing. Uh, it looks like, according to a lot of the reports, it said that the EMTs were next to him within ten seconds. Like and again, I want I want people to understand the gravity of this. Like his heart stopped; he was not breathing. CPR is not a fun; it's not glamorous like they make it look on TV. It is, and I apologize; I might get emotional about this because it, it's it's incredible. It's an incredibly difficult thing to watch, but it's even more difficult to do. Um, I have been lucky that I've never had to administer CPR to anyone, but a lot of the people that I worked with in the first responder world have young people old people people my age people meanie's age i mean to everyone it is not an easy thing to do it is physically intensive physically and mentally exhausting and they were with him within the first 10 seconds of falling down of him collapsing on the field and they continued to give him cpr for 10 minutes and give him oxygen and kept this man's brain activity intact Jerry Lawler tweeted as well. He was like, the only reason I'm alive is because the first responders were literally right there next to me. Yep. And that he, and he told me himself when I saw him, when we, we were at the, the, that convention, we talked about it. The only reason he's alive is because the, 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 they had a, a top tier first class EMT paramedic team that happened to be at ringside. That was there when he passed out and had his heart attack. And he also said, he's like, I was clinically dead. That's the reason why this man survived. He's 24 years old. Young kid, man. And I just can't imagine, like, there's just so many things in my head that I thought about watching this. And just also how traumatic it was to watch on TV as well. Um... You know, I know a lot of people are feeling, I'm sure, a lot of things about watching that and 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 have a lot of things in their head about it. And that's that's okay because we all shared that collective trauma, whoever watched it. Mm-hmm. Um it's a it, it is it is a miracle. It is an absolute miracle that he is alive and in the condition that he is in. And it's incredible. It is an incredible and he's out of the woods, you know, by any stretch of the means. But it's incredible that he's alive and he's able to speak and his, his functionality, as far as they can tell, is, is, is intact. Because most people don't come back from this kind of stuff. 
most people don't come back to the type of cardiac arrest that he had on the field. And I just, it's amazing. It really, truly, truly is amazing. Yeah. And, uh, well, we're, 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 we're all wishing the best here for, you know, for DeMar and his family. And he's got a GoFundMe page up that he had, I think he had started as a, um, it was a, like a toy drive that he had started and its goal was, he has a charity for a, a toy drive, which had been up for a while and up to maybe $2,500 in the NFL community and in the world came together. I, I, it's like a tradition where, you know, if a, if a player gets hurt, usually, you know, fans of the other team will donate to somebody's charity, but like everybody came together and donated to his charity and, and and like I said, it had been lingering at for like a year at twenty five hundred dollars, and now it's currently up to like seven point five million, which it, is so. As of right now, I just pulled it up. It's actually over eight million dollars right now, as of today, which is just—it's beautiful. It's a—it's a beautiful thing. Um, and we'll, we'll, you know, like I said, we're hoping for the best. Uh, the NFL made the right decision canceling the game. Um, you know, again, I'm not going to go into the specifics of the NFL stuff because there's a lot of chatter about that. We don't have the full context of that and I'd rather not comment on it unless we did. Um, but again, it's, it's an incredible, it's a miracle. Just trust me from my background. It is, it is a miracle that this man is alive. Um, so we wish him the best and we hope to see him in any capacity doing anything soon. Very, very soon. Um, there's not really a good way to transition out of this, um, in a positive way, but meaning I got to ask you a question. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Are you ready to ask me? I would love to. It's time to ask, me ask me something. Don't forget. Tweet us your questions at mind of the meaning using the hashtag ask And we will ask your questions on the show. I'm going to start here. With Pod Squad member Vanessa Bello. Beanie, is everything going to be okay in wrestling? I think we, we covered that. <laughs> uh, I think it will be. Yeah. You know, I mean, a lot worse things than have happened in wrestling than Vince McMahon, you know, coming back to uh, handle the sale of the company that he owns. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're going to be all right. I think it's going to be fine. Uh, Mark and Dryden wants to know who has the rightful claim to be known as WWE's MVP of 2022. Who has the MVP? Yeah, who's the rightful MVP of WWE in 2022? Oh, I mean, fuck it. I'll say it's Sami Zayn. Yeah. You know, as. Roman Reigns is the best thing that's happened in wrestling, but I mean, the the backstory with Sami Zayn has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And where does his allegiance lie and stuff like that? And such a great character to the point where you know he's able to, you know, make the Usos and Roman break character and still, uh, you know, not is still you know have the uh, story be. Uh, as entertaining you know he's sammy's so entertaining and uh he's been a, a vital part of the whole bloodline story to where I th- everybody thinks you know they're eventually going to turn on him but I, I think something else is going on with solo in the background 
with between him celebrating, you know, he'll, he'll celebrate at certain times and he won't celebrate at other times. But, you know, yeah. VP of uh, WWE, definitely Sami Zayn. Uh, <laughs> happy juice year with the handle primetime grape. My favorite questions. My favorite question asker on Twitter. Uh, has two questions for you this week. What was the hardest thing to learn when you first started training to be a pro wrestler? Um, I mean, the, the, the physical part, you know, gets to you at first, you know, with, you know, getting used to the physicality of it. But, you know, just the mental aspect of, you know, the, the, the physical part is hard. You get used to it, but once you get the hang of it, it's what to do with the the tools you're given. You know, Al taught me how to, you know, do the falls, how to hit the ropes, how to do the lockups, how to do the moves. And then it was me and one of the students in the ring. He was like, he went, okay, have a match. And we're just standing there like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Piecing it all together. You know, eventually learning everything you know and piecing it. I mean, it's like a musician showing me all these chords on the guitar. Okay, now write a song. Yeah. All right. Oh, well, fuck. I know how to hit the, the G chord. Right. Yeah. Okay, now piece it all together and make it make sense. That's the hardest part. And then, you know, uh, just, you know, there's a, there's a point where I, I was going to, I was the blue meanie. I was doing all the comedy and stuff like that. And then, you know, after, uh, you know, I started, I tried to do indies and stuff like that and try to have serious matches and nobody wanted to just knowing where I just remembering and knowing, I mean, I could do, do all these cool things, but people wanted to see me be the blue meanie. And sometimes I forgot who I was. So in, in the beginning, learning all the, learning everything they're teaching you, but then most importantly, putting it all together and making it make sense and, you know, listening to the crowd and learning to edit on the fly, you know? I have a sort of a, a 1B to that uh, question. When you first started doing the mini salt, when you start, first started doing that move, I'm sure you've been asked this a hundred times, <laughs> but when you, when, you, when you do that move, like the first time you did that move, was like, were you afraid? Like, was there any hesitation like walk me through that when you when you were like yeah I think I'm gonna do this I think this is gonna be my finisher, like <laughs> how did you like was there because I know like even when I'm in the pool like when I go to do a flip in the pool I'm like no fuck this man and I hesitate for a second you know and you know doing a belly flop, like I, the first time I started doing it was into into a pool uh, you know I would do it off the ladder and then I would do it off the side I would stand on the corner of the pool like <laughs> it was a wrestling ring and do it into the, into the pool when I was a teenager. And then, uh, but you know, there's a difference between standing on concrete and then standing on steel cable or rope that gives you a little bit of extra spring. Um, you know, actually the first time I did a ring was at a fan convention. Really? In in like 92. It was the dumbest thing I ever fucking did. Um, there was a convention in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania, Corluzo was doing, and uh, for five bucks, you and your friend could get in and have a match. And then, you know, there was like a cage already set up and stuff. 
I mean, the student, me and my buddy Mark in there, we had a match and they taped in and all this stuff. I was like, I'm going to go up for a moonsault. I go up for the fucking moonsault. And literally everybody in the fucking building stood up to watch what's this fucking kid doing. Wow. And I fucking did it. And the, you just hear, oh, because I fucking I land right on my fucking face, which <sighs> is the dumb. I'm sure I fuck, fucked myself up from that and it was the dumbest thing I ever fucking did. So you go to wrestling school and you try to learn it and thank God for crash pads. Yeah. And you do it on the crash pad for a while and then eventually Al said, all right, time to pull the, pull the crash pad, go do it. Fucking did it. And I'm laying there flat on my stomach in in position. I look at him, I go, how'd it look? He's like, you did it. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't matter how look you got, you pulled it off. But then you start have to practice, you know, hitting into him people. And he had a crash dummy. Then, then we start bringing in the crash dummy. And I start practicing on the crash dummy, and uh, so I don't kill somebody. Yeah. You know, I know we've and, I know we've asked this before too on the show. But was there ever a time where you hit the meanie salt and you like fucked yourself up? Like you knocked the wind out of yourself. You're like, oh my god, how do you handle that type of situation on live TV? I've always, I've always knocked the shit at myself. Missing it hurt more mm. because, you know, when I know somebody's not going to be there, I go all kamikaze about it and say, fuck it. Make it look spectacular. Right. If I'm going to miss it, I usually, anytime I missed it, I, I used that as the, the reasoning why I lost, mm. you know, smart. Like I say, I've, uh, you know, one time I'm, I'm wrestling Rhino. I and I go to do the moonsault, he rolls in. As I'm getting up for the cell, he runs and hits me with the gore, one, two, three. Like, so my own move kind of took me out. Mm. You know, so smart. That's smart. I, if I knew I was going to mess it, I was like, you know, fuck it. I'm going to just eat shit hard here, brother. Oh, yeah. Jump as hard as I can. Because I know I'm landing flat. Right. Because there's no pressure to protect somebody. So. Right. You're only really, you're only protecting yourself. You know, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, hitting, hitting it never really hurt. You know, there's times where I've hurt. There's times where I've hurt someone. Like, I, you know, I crushed a Sandman once, but that's mm. the only because I wasn't the person who placed him. Somebody placed him. And I, I'm on the top rope, and I'm looking through my legs trying to motion, hey. Scooch. Yeah. And I, was, and I was up there. I was like, got to go. I can't get down and reset them. Right. So you say a little prayer and jump and fucking murder them. Oof. Who's in the picture? But he got back for me, you know? Yeah. He got me. Uh, what, if you don't mind me asking, what did he do when he got you back? Oh, I mean. Goosed you? Six months of fucking cane shots. Oh, God. <laughs> which, which he hit everybody the same way anyway, so. Oh, God. There's nothing. There is. I don't think there's anything worse than getting a fucking cane shot across your back, man. We found one in a trash can and went to town on each other, and it was just terrible, man. Absolutely. I can hear it. Every time I hear that crack right across your back, you can feel it. It's like my skin oh, goes yeah. cold. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, He had ways of making it more stiffer or looser, depending on how he liked you. <sighs> I, I started learning the secrets of how to make it hurt less. So. <laughs> that last question before we get into primetime grapes final question who are you who's hitting the meanie salt above your head there who are you hitting that on uh, in your picture direct next to the job squad photo that one that's, yeah that's uh me doing it to pitbull anthony oh okay 
That's yeah, the bald pit bull. That's a great shot. It's, I think that's a George Dehena special. Nice. Uh, primetime Grapes, last question. It's great. How many times do you think a wrestler has tooted in rhythm to a Bronco Buster and it has nearly or has ended up in a victory? Oh, no. <laughs> no clue. No clue. I know if I've tooted in rhythm <laughs> while, while laughing. You know, but, you, know, you go to laugh and you know, the, the fart goes along with your laugh, but... uh. <laughs> Bronco Buster, no clue. Picture an X-Pac just going in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine. That's gross. Well, we thank you. What's not gross is all your questions, and we appreciate you hanging out with us this past hour and change on our program here. Uh, Meanie, most importantly, where can folks find you on your social media? If you would like to follow the Blue Meanie on all forms of social media, you can follow me on uh, TikTok, meh, Facebook, and Instagram at Blue Meanie BWO. If you would like to support the Blue Meanie, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Blue Meanie. Uh, if you would like to support Mind and Me, go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Mind and the Meanie. Uh, go over there, get some great shirts, uh, you know, Got a lot of great designs up there from a lot of great artists, um, namely uh, Andy Schlichter. Schlichter. Part of the pod squad up there on ProWrestlingTees.com slash Blue Meanie and Mind and Meanie. We also have Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. Go to CollarandElbowBrand.com. Use coupon code Meanie or you can use coupon code MIND and save 10% on all your purchases at CollarandElbowBrand.com. Uh, Rod Hicks is doing a lot of great work over there at uh, CollarandElbowBrand.com. Go over there and support him. Uh, MadCatBeardCare.com. Uh, you can go over there and get the blue spruce. MadCatBeardCare.com. Uh, my boy Josh Thornton is doing an amazing job over there taking care of the kitties. He just sent me a nice little postcard thanking me for uh, being part of you know, madcatbeardcare.com. I love cats. He loves cats. He takes care of uh, the the wild ones, the feral ones. He rounds them up, takes them to the, the shelters and, and gets them fixed and all that good stuff. So if you're a cat lover like myself, go to madcatbeardcare.com. Get yourself the blue spruce. Uh, shout out to my boy, Jim Nelson over at glaciersofice.com. Uh, my boy, Jim made a three of three only handmade custom BWO Air Jordan 1 sneakers for myself, Stevie, and Nova. Each pair takes Jim over 50 hours per pair to mm. make the amazing, painstakingly, painstakingly amazing work. Uh, you can follow him on all forms of social media to see his behind the scenes videos and photos at GOI Kicks. That's GOI Kicks. Uh, cameo.com slash Blue Meanie BWO. Uh, for birthdays, holidays, and well wishes. Uh, you can go over there and get a video from the blue guy. Uh, I've done plenty of them. Uh, I try not to keep them. Uh, I try not to uh, do the mean ones, but if you have a, a creative way to, you know, break balls and stuff like that, maybe I'll do something. But go to cameo.com slash blue meanie BWO for all your video wishes. But most importantly, Mr. Bernard, where can we find you? Oh, well, you're so nice, Meanie. Thank you very much. 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Mastodon, at this is Goober. Yes, it's my handle. No, I'm not changing it. It's a brand, pal. Uh, you can go and listen to my secondary show, Foundation Radio, by going to foundationradio.net and check out all the episodes in the archive there. Also, don't forget, starting January 18th, I'll be hosting the Wrestling Hour on Premier Streaming Network. Uh, all that information can be found at premierstreamingnetwork.com. You can download that, and it will be at a device near you starting January 16th. Don't forget to go to the Feinberg Method at thefeinbergmethod.com. Uh, Brad Feinberg is my personal trainer, not only physically, but also mentally as well, helping men and women across the country use promo code Goober and save up to 20% on your purchase when you work with uh, Brad at thefeinbergmethod.com. Trust me, you will not be disappointed uh, and invest in yourself. Go to prowrestlingtees.com slash foundationradio. Pick up a shirt. Go to prowrestlingtees.com slash mind of the meaning and pick up a shirt and support. Keep the lights on at Casa de Mini and also the Barnard Home for Wayward and Troubled Youth. Also, as a little teaser, we got something fun coming from Brothers Gatter. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, and don't forget to sign up here at patreon.com slash mind of the meaning. Uh, help us keep the lights on every dollar you spend on the show. And our Patreon goes back into producing the show and keeping everything running here. Uh, also, uh, thank you to our sponsors at Manscaped, manscaped.com. Use promo code MindMeanie. Meanie, I want to thank you again for another wild week of conversation and uh, wrestling talk. Hopefully things will slow down, but we're six days into January, and who the fuck knows? So who knows? For the Blue Meanie, I am Adam Bernard. Join us again each and every week as we take a trip to the mind. Uh, Peace. This episode of Mind of the Meanie was recorded and produced by Adam Barnard and was engineered by Carl Pinnell. Additional production and narration provided by Sam Kreps. Our executive producers are Josh Chernoff, Adam Barnard, and the Blue Meanie. Our opening theme is performed by the Swamp Candles. Our closing theme is performed by Chikara. The show contains original music produced by Enrichment. Get additional bonus content by becoming our patron on Patreon at patreon.com slash mindofthemeanie. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at mindofthemeanie. This has been a Butts Carlton Media Production in conjunction with the MLW Radio Network. Butts Carlton Proprietor. That was Blue Meanie's brain out. The world of MLW Radio never stops. 